0: Welcome to the Radiant Church Podcast, where we present God to reach the lost and release the found for Christ. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe God will change your life through today's message. My sermon today
1: is entitled, Overcoming Opposition, Overcoming Opposition. And in life, you will go through trials, you will go through pain, you will go through opposition. Why do you go through opposition, and why do you have to overcome it? Is because before you will ever get to opportunities in life, there will always be opposition in front of opportunities. There will always be trials in front of triumph. There will always be setbacks before victory. And God does this because he don't want to just do something for you. He wants to do something through you. And the best way God can do something through you is taking you through pressing, crushing, and fire. So there will be opposition. There will be pain. You will go through trouble. Apostle Paul, you will have a thorn in your flesh to remind you you're not invincible. And some of you guys walk around with thorns in your flesh and you're mad at God, and God said, you have this thorn because this thorn is actually strengthening you. It's not weakening you. It's strengthening you for the assignment that's on your life. And when I look back at my past, every battle I've been through, I can see how it's a blessing now, but the problem With trials, you hate them in the moment, but you appreciate them hindsight. I appreciate the betrayal. I appreciate being lied on. I appreciate people came against me. I appreciate I had the struggle. I appreciate it when we started this church, we didn't have the resources to start it. Because in the crushing, God releases the calling. And everything you've ever been through will not work against you, it will work for you. That pain is going to work for you. You growing up without a father, you think that's a wound. No, that is not a wound. That is a war place. God is saying, I'm going to use that as a weapon for you to go and be a father figure. You think that divorce is a wound against you? God said, no, that's a weapon because you're going to teach people and train people and mentor people to never get divorced. And your next marriage will be your best marriage. God is saying every wound you went through was actually a weapon to strengthen you and to resource you into your next season. So in life, when you go through things, and I know it's very hard and very difficult, but you have to try to see it how God sees it. You have to see it how God sees it, and God sees it strengthening you. That's why you have to wait on the Lord, because when you're waiting on the Lord, God is renewing your strength. He's giving you stamina. He's giving you perseverance, and he's causing you to mount up on wings. This is the blessing of God. This is the glory of God. So I want you guys to know, do not grow weary in well-doing, because in due season you shall reap. And I'm telling you, some of you guys are coming near due season. Some of you guys are coming near harvest season. Some of you guys are coming near blessing season, and you will reap. So do not lose heart. Come on, let's give our king a shout of praise. Now we'll jump into our sermon, and we got some reading. If you have your Bibles, go to First. Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'll give you guys a moment to get there. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Some of y'all need to use y'all Bible more. Y'all have no idea where to go. But Jesus still loves you. Some of y'all are like, I'm just waiting on the screen. We're going to quit putting it up there. I'm playing, y'all. This Bible is your sword. Now, let me give you a little pretext. The children of Israel are going against the Philistines, and the Philistines are a unique group of people because they had giants in their camp, and a giant is a really large person. You would go to an NBA game, and you would look at an NFL player or a football offensive lineman or defensive end, and these guys are huge. They're big, seven foot, seven two, six, eight, 320 pounds. These are huge guys. Compared to these Philistine giants, these guys were tiny, So this tribe of people, they had giants, and some of them had six fingers and six toes. They were massive people. And what happened was, them and the children of Israel was getting ready to go to war. And the children of Israel had their army lined out, and the Philistines had their army lined out. They was face to face. So what the kings would usually do, if the kings had resources and the armies looked balanced, and if the fight would cause both of them to lose half their armies and weaken both of them, They would say, you know what, instead of going to war, how about we have a war of representation? And the war of representation meant you get your best soldier, we'll get our best soldier, and we'll let them fight. If your best soldier wins, we'll be your slaves, and if our best soldier wins, y'all will be our slaves. So this is how they would settle it. So that way we don't lose all our resources, we don't be in war for so long, and, and everybody loses But if you get your best champion and we get our best champion, this is how we'll settle the battle. Well, the Philistines was really excited because they had a a champion from Gath named Goliath. And Goliath was huge. He was almost 10 feet tall. He was a champion since he was a boy. He had never lost a battle. And everybody that got in the way of that giant got crushed. So they was like, we're down for this principle of representation because we got someone on our side that has never lost. He's undefeated and he's a champion from youth. I'm telling you, Goliath has slayed hundreds of people, thousands of people. He was undefeated and nobody could touch him. He was bigger than everyone. He was meaner than everyone. He was stronger than everyone. He was nastier than everyone. He was ready to fight. And the children of Israel had soldiers. It was like, we're not fighting that guy because he was built different. Now we're going to jump into the story because now you have some context. So now David, David, he was coming to bring his brother's pizza. It was bread and cheese, which is pizza. He was coming to bring his brother's pizza. And and, and let me tell you a little bit about David. All of David's brothers was in Saul's army. Saul was the king. David was number eight. He was number eight. Seven of his brothers was in Saul's army, but David can go fight and be a part of the army because he had to stay back and take care of sheep So imagine being a little brother. Anyone here a little brother if you a little brother wave at me if You got a little brother wave at me Little brother syndrome and it's just real simple little brother wants to do what big brother does He wants to emulate him. He wants to copy him He wants to be like big brother so because David's big brothers is in the army I could just imagine this is my imagination, but I see David out in the field Working on, his, uh, working on his ability to throw slingshots and working on his ability to fight with a sword and fighting animals and tackling sheep like Carlton got tackled on that video. I could just see David just, just out there training. One day my time is gonna come. One day my moment is gonna come. And he is in obscurity. He is in a place where no one can see him. He is lonely, but he is training because one day I'll have my moment. And some of you guys in this room, you are, you are in obscurity. No one sees what you're doing. No one sees you working on them songs or that music. No one sees you working on that business. No one sees you working on that idea. No one sees what you're doing behind the scenes, but you are working it because one day you're going to have your opportunity. I remember I would go home every day and I would get in that mirror and I would preach to that mirror like it was a thousand people because I knew one day I'll have my opportunity. One day I will have my moment. One day God's going to release me. One day I'm stepping into who I'm called to be. If you're trying to get ready when opportunity comes, you're too late. You're too late. you got to already be ready for opportunity. So when opportunities strike, I'm ready to go. When opportunities strike, I'm ready to go. So David was ready. And he had no idea. And this is why you got to be prepared. This is why you got to be ready, church, because you never know when it's your day. Your day is going to start off like an ordinary day. But at the end of that day, something extraordinary, supernatural, and powerful is going to happen. That was all free. That was just context. We're going to actually jump in the sermon now. First Samuel 17, verse 32, it says, This is David talking to King Saul. And he ain't nothing but a puny, small, little shepherd boy. He said, don't worry about this, Philistine. David told Saul, I'll go fight him. Y'all, this is a little puny boy saying he'll go fight a 10-foot giant that's been a, that's been a champion since he was a youth. And David, you ain't ever even had a real fight. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There is no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. Like, dude, you're going to lose the whole kingdom. You're only a boy, and he's a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. Everyone say persisted. Sometimes when they tell you you're not qualified, you got to persist Sometimes when they tell you you're not enough, you got to persist Sometimes when they say you can't start the business, you got to persist Sometimes when they say you can't start the ministry, you have to persist Because some doors won't just fly open Some doors got to be kicked down And David said, I'm going to give you my resume, but it may not be much But here got my resume, king I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear came to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it. Whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. That mean it was running and David was chasing it. In other words, king, I got heart. I got heart. I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from his mouth If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to its death. In other words, I ain't just scaring it away. I'm killing these things, king. I have done this to both lions and bears. See, y'all say he killed a lion and bear. You read it wrong. He said lions and bears. In other words, there was more than one. And I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defiled the armies of the living God, the Lord who rescued me from the claw of the lion in the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented, because everybody else scared to fight. They were shaking with terror. And this kid said, send me, send me, send me. In other words, y'all want me to freestyle, I got you. David was saying, send me. He was saying, I'll hit a giant. I'll knock a giant out, I'll hit a giant. I'll knock a giant out, I'll hit a giant. I'll knock a giant out, hit a giant in his mouth and knock his teeth out, I'm playing y'all. David said, send me. And then Saul finally consented. He said, all right, go ahead, he said. And may the Lord be with you. And there are some people you're going to come across and they're going to say, go ahead, let the Lord be with you. We ain't going let the Lord be with you. You say, the Lord sure will be with me. I'm going to wait on the Lord and he's going to renew my strength. We're just reading the Bible, y'all. Verse 38 says, then Saul gave David his armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on strapped the sword over it and he took a step or two to see what it was like for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in this. He protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from the stream and he put it into a shepherd's bag. Then armed with only a shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, uh, uh, sneering in contempt at this ruddy faced boy, am I a dog? He wrote at David that you come at me with a stick, and he cursed David by the name of of his gods. Come over here, and I will give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies and the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defiled. Today the Lord will conquer you. Not I, but the Lord. And I will kill you and cut your head off. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword or spear. The Lord, this is the Lord's battle, and he will give it to us. Verse 48, as Goliath moved closer to the attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag. And taking out a stone, he hurtled it with a sling and hit the Philistine in his forehead. Told you he'd knock a giant out. Then the stone sank in. Goliath stumbled and fell face down to the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath. David used it to kill him and cut his head off. Church, 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 church. Let me tell you what just went down. Maybe you missed it. Let me show you and tell you what just happened. You have this kid. He's coming from his father's house, tending sheep and goat, smelling all sweaty and dirty. He walked and he saw this champion taunting the people of God, taunting them, taunting them, taunting them, taunting them. And I didn't get to read this part. It was earlier in the verse. But here's what David did when he heard Goliath taunting God's people. Here's what David did. He went to everyone around there and he said, what does the man get that killed his Philistine? They told him. He went to the next person. What does the man get that killed this Philistine? What does the man that get? What does the man get that killed his Philistine? Why was David asking this question? He never said he would fight. He was first asking the question, "What does the man get that kills this Philistine?" The reason why David was asking that question is because David knew something that the church don't know. He knew behind every opposition was an opportunity. Behind every opposition was an opportunity. Whenever you see opposition, you must know behind it is opportunity. So when David saw this giant taunting the people of God, he knew behind the giant was a gate, and that gate was opportunity. That gate was notoriety. That gate was being tax deductible. And that gate was marrying the king's daughter. He knew there was something behind the giant. And church, I want to tell you something. Whenever a giant is before you and whenever an obstacle is before you, you can ask the question, God, what do I get if I kill this giant? What do I get? Some of you guys are dealing with the giant of porn, and you're letting porn crush you. You need to say, Holy Ghost, what do I get if I kill porn? Some of you guys are dealing with drug addiction. You need to say, Holy Spirit, what do I get if I kill drug addiction? Some of you guys are struggling with fear. You need to say, Holy Ghost, what do I get if I kill fear? And the God is saying, behind this fear is your purpose. Behind this fear is your destiny. Behind this porn is your wife. Behind this breakdown is your breakthrough. What do I get if I slay this giant? Every giant is an opportunity. There's never opposition without opportunity. In other words, whenever I see a giant, I go to the Holy Ghost and say, what do I get if I slay it? And you would think that God would be insulted by that. And God will tell you exactly what you would get. God is saying if you resist spirits, you get kingdoms. God is saying if you walk holy, you get to be a lampstand. What do I get if I resist this giant? That's why I ain't caving. That's why I ain't backing down. That's why I'm going to stand for the things of God because there's a reward behind this giant. And sometimes you got to get Goliath out the way, fear out the way, pain out the way, because once you get past it, you get into what God has for you. What do I get if I kill this giant? In other words, David was like, they said, David, you're going to get everything. David was like, hold up. Wait a minute. Let me put some Jesus in it. You're saying that I get notoriety? I get the king's ear? I get access if I kill this giant? And David knew something that the children of Israel forgot. David was brave, but it wasn't his bravery that fought Goliath. It was his faith. Because God told them earlier in the Bible, He says, Your enemies will be my enemies, and I'll fight on your behalf. David knew something that everyone else had forgot the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. Lord's. See, you would fight if you knew it was God's fight. You would fight. You don't fight because you think it's your fight. The battle is the Lord's. So David said, I'm not scared to fight. Because I'm not fighting for victory. I'm fighting from victory. See, when I'm fighting for myself, I'm fighting for victory. When I'm fighting in God's word, I'm fighting from victory. Because whatever God says has to happen. If God said it happened, it's going to happen. So at that point, church, at that point... David went to fight this giant. Before I get into the fight, I want to show you something. Isn't it kind of weird that God actually wanted him to fight? Like, like the way we preach God, we think that the God is just like, no, you're not going to fight. You're just going to turn the other cheek. And there's a time for that. But God actually expected David to fight. Why didn't you know God could have snapped and dropped that giant, right? But God actually wanted his people to fight. Maybe you're trying to pray away what God wanted you to fight away. maybe you're trying to pray away what God wanted you to fight away and sometimes we can get over spiritual by saying we're just going to pray about it and God said you need to fight about it you need to war about it you need to step out and say Who is this that's the the army of the living God because God is not just Jehovah Jireh he's also the Lord of hosts in other words he's the God of war he's the God of battle God is a fighting God and God said I will slay your enemies my God Our God fights, and there is a time to fight, and I'm not saying physically, there's a time to fight in the spirit, and you got to go and bind devils. There's a time to fight, there's a time to resist, there's a time to stand, and there's a time to walk through opposition. There is a time to fight, and let me tell you how David fought. He fought so strategically, because when Goliath started coming at David, David. David, the Bible says David ran towards him quickly. See, some of you guys are getting so afraid of your giant because your giant is running at you. You wouldn't be so scared if you start running at it. You're afraid because fear is running at you. You're afraid because sickness is running at you. What would happen if you start running at it? The Bible says David attacked the giant quickly. See, while you on the phone and you procrastinate, Lord, I got to go through this again. Ah, oh, I got to struggle through this again. Why they keep attacking me? Why I keep going? If you would go fight that thing, it'll go away. Yeah. Go fight it. You are in the battle. Nobody's coming. God has equipped you. You have to go out and let the Lord be with you. And the beautiful thing is, you don't have to go out as no one else but, but besides who God anointed you to be. Because Saul tried to put his armor on David. And David said, Saul, I can't wear your armor because it don't fit. Some of you guys are fighting in other people's armor. Some of you guys are living other people's story. Some of you guys are trying to do what your friends did, your cousins did, your mama and daddy them did. And God said, I've anointed you in a new way. You're going to trailblaze. You're going to pioneer. You're going to new heights. And what I'm going to do through you has never been done. I'm doing a new thing, says the Lord. And I'm not going out like anyone else. I'm going out in my anointing. I'm going out as me. I'm going to fight the giant with what I'm comfortable with. And all of you guys have different anointings, but you have to face your giant with what you're comfortable with. Some of you guys know that word, and God said, I'm going to use that word for you to go fight. Some of you guys know how to praise. God says, I'm going to use that sound for you to go fight. Some of you guys know how to serve. God said, I'm going to let you serve so you can go fight. Whatever God has anointed you with, whatever he has placed on you is what he will use for you to fight. Oh, come on, somebody, give the Lord a shout of praise. So David went out, and he hit Goliath with a smooth stone. He hit him with a smooth stone. That was what he was comfortable with. When he was in battle, he used what he was comfortable with. He hit him with a smooth stone, and many of you guys say David killed Goliath with a rock. He didn't kill Goliath with a rock. He knocked Goliath down with a rock. He didn't kill him with a rock. When he knocked Goliath down with the stone, the Bible says he went to Goliath and he took Goliath's sword and then he cut his head off and killed him. Uh, y'all missed it. Y'all don't know how to preach. Goliath came with a sword to kill David. David knocked him down, went and got his sword and killed him. There's a scripture in the Bible that says the trap that the enemy lays against you, he'll fall in himself. David, I'm telling you right now, you're going to kill the enemy with the same sword that he brought to kill you. And I'm telling you, devil, I got news for you. That same thing you brought to kill me with, I'm about to kill you with. You tried to kill me with depression. I'm going to kill you with peace. You tried to kill me with poverty. I'm going to kill you with the blessing. You tried to kill me with porn. I'm going to kill you with purity. What the enemy brought to try to kill you with, God is going to let you kill him with. With the same sword. I'm telling you right now, you're going to kill the devil with what he brought. You tried to crush me. You just made new wine. You tried to put me on fire. You just purified me. Goliath was supposed to kill David, but instead he revealed David to the world. This is your next king, Israel. What was supposed to kill you, God is going to use to reveal you to show the world the real you. Oh, come on, somebody. Give him a 10-second praise, bro. Damn. Nah. Hey. That abuse was supposed to kill you. It was supposed to kill you. Devil, you didn't know you would abuse me and make me strong. You thought he was going to kill me, devil? No, no, no. I'm stronger now. I'm more anointed now. I'm more called now. I got victory now. Oil's running from the top of my head down to my feet now. I'm ready now, devil. I'm ready now. And I'm telling you, every battle is a blessing. Every battle is a blessing. When I look back at the scars I have, those scars isn't weak points, they're strong points. Because those scars are stories of triumph. Your scar is simply saying, I'm stronger than what came against you. God is saying, the difference between opposition and opportunity is who's with you. Who's with you? Who's with you? Who's with you? If you got a giant before you and there's no God, you're in trouble. Oh, but if you have a giant in front of you and there is a God, you get promoted. My question, Radiant Church, is who you with? Who you with? Because if you with the Holy Ghost, if you with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, oh, come on, if you with the Lord of hosts, that giant is coming down. That pain is coming down. That fear is coming down. That worry is coming down. I hit a giant, I knock a giant out, I hit a giant, I knock a giant out, I hit a giant, I knock a giant out, hit a giant in his mouth, and knock his... Come on, somebody. We got some white congress like, oh my gosh, I've never seen anything like that. I'm sorry, y'all. Um. So, the first thing we see is that... When it was time for David to fight the giant, he attacked quickly. He attacked quickly. Why is it so important that we attack our giants quickly? It's because Satan only has one tool left. And that's all is fear. And here's the powerful thing about fear. First of all, fear is false evidence appearing real. It's false evidence appearing real. Do you know that you can be destroyed by something you're scared of? So the devil said, I can't destroy you, church, but if I scare you, I can cause you to destroy yourself. So what the devil is, the Bible says he lost his sting. In other words, he lost his power. He lost his might. He lost his authority. So now because he don't have his sting, he just deceives. And what he does is, he chases you around with no sting, but he's still buzzing. He's still buzzing. And if I can just get you to run into something, if I can just get you to trip and fall, if I can just send you into anxiety, into depression, into worry, I don't need a sting because you've defeated yourself. So what the enemy does is he's saying, I can't sting you, but I can trick you. And I could trick you so bad you'll start stinging yourself. That's why the Bible says God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Why did God not give you a spirit of fear? Because he knew fear would be a giant that tried to oppose you. And the whole children of Israel sat there in terror of a giant that God was going to fight. You over here, well, what if he kill me? No, you should be over here saying God's going to kill him. And what God does is, because God... Let me tell you something about God. God wants to make you strong and he wants you to be courageous and God wants you to be brave and God wants to make new wine out of you and God wants to strengthen you so he's going to let you be crushed. He's going to let the devil taunt you. He's going to let Goliath walk around the city and say, who is she? She's not anointed. She used to sleep around. She can't worship lead. She can't preach the gospel. Who is this guy? His last business failed. He don't have no money. He don't have no anointing. Who is this guy? Who are you? You can't serve God. You can't minister. You got a stuttering problem. You can't speak. You're not smart enough. You're not educated. And God lets him taunt. Because God said if you would allow me to remove fear it wouldn't work. Because Goliath caused everyone else to shake in terror but it caused David to say what do you get if you kill him? And let me tell you why you got to watch who you hang around. I believe David had a different spirit because they was all together talking themselves out of courage. Look how big he is. Look at his sword. Look at his javelin. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. And David was in the field looking at God. He was in the field looking at God. So when he came to the scene, he had a fresh anointing. He had a fresh anointing. He wasn't, he wasn't tainted by what everybody else thought. That's why you got to be ye separate. That's why God asks you to get away from your kinfolk. Because where I'm taking you, you can't think how they think. You can't see how they see. You can't walk how they walk. You need a fresh anointing for this. I asked God, why didn't no church in town accept me? I see now because God said, I didn't want what was on them on you. So when I asked you to go to the college campus, you would go. When I asked you to have church in the parking lot, you would do it. When I asked you to go evangelize in the mall, you would go. If you didn't have the right resources, you would still go. And God said, I didn't want their methodologies to quench your anointing. So God said, I hid you in plain sight, and they had no idea what you carried this is why you wasn't promoted this is why you was overlooked this is why because God was hiding you so he can cover you from their doubts because you become like who you walk with and God said I, I made them leave you and I made you walk alone so you would never be yoked to that so when you actually start walking you will walk and not grow weary you will run and now faith, that's what happens when you wait. Because those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. God said, I'm renewing your strength. Oh, you just keep waiting because I want everybody to leave. So when I anoint you, no man gets the credit but God. Nobody in the city can say they did this. No pastor can say he did this. No person can say they did this. No check can say they did this. God himself did this. So come on, somebody. I feel like preaching this morning. I, the Lord, will make it happen. I, the Lord, will make it happen. You might not have enough, but I, the Lord, will. My God. So God, y'all got me tired. I feel like I'm playing football. Amen? (laughs) But I ain't worried about being tired because he shall renew my strength, right? If I wait on him. Check this out, church. Check this out. You need to readjust your prayers. You need to readjust your prayers. Because most of you are praying away what's anointing you. God, just stop the spiritual warfare. God said, I'm about to turn it up hotter because it's the spiritual warfare that's about to strengthen you to blast off. God, stop the attacks on me. God said, I'm going to let them attack you so when I bless you, you know who to not be connected to. God, stop the lies. God, stop them from lying on me. God said, I'm going to let them lie to you so they can tell people these lies that don't need to connect to you. The enemy meant for evil. God meant for good. God knows what he's doing. And the devil on his best day still works for God. The providential hand of God will see you through. There's people that's left this church, and we got bigger. There's people that left our team, and we got stronger. Why? Because God built this, not man. And if David didn't want to fight, God would have subbed in the next person. God was going to get the victory because it's the Lord's battle. The battle is the Lord's. So, check this out, church. Quit praying away what's anointing you. Let me give you insight on your God. God doesn't want to deliver you from, He wants to deliver you in so He can deliver you out. Let me do it again. Let's rewind this. God doesn't want to deliver you from, he wants to deliver you in so he can deliver you out. God doesn't meet you until you're in trouble. God doesn't meet you until you're in trouble. Oh, but we got a God that can get people out of trouble. We got a God that can get you out of trouble. We got a God that can get you out of trouble. We got a God that can get you out of trouble. God is saying, I'm telling you, everybody I deliver was in trouble. So, if you're in trouble, I got good news. Our God can get you out of trouble. He doesn't deliver you from. He delivers you in. So, He can deliver you out. He doesn't deliver you from. He delivers you in so He can deliver you out. One more time. He doesn't deliver you from. He delivers you in so He can deliver you out. Let me prove it because you look like you don't believe me. I'm gonna prove it to you, I'm gonna prove it to you. Moses was in the Red Sea. Daniel was in the lion's den. uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was in the furnace. Jonas was in the belly of the whale. Lazarus was in the grave. Jesus was in the tomb. God says, I'm telling you, I do my best work inside of confinement. I do my best work under crushing. I do my best work when you're in something. So if you're in depression, He can deliver you out. If you're in anxiety, He can deliver you out. If you're in pain, He can deliver you out. Our God doesn't deliver you from, He delivers you in, so He can deliver you out. Let's give Him a shout of praise. I'm preaching better than y'all, amen, this morning. I'm going to get ready to close in like five minutes. I got five? Give me five. Right? Today, millions of people all around the world will watch the Super Bowl. And the reason why they watch the Super Bowl is because football resonates, sports resonates because it's a prophetic picture of what you go through in life. It's a prophetic picture. When you have these two teams that line against each other, you have one team, and their goal is to get the ball in the end zone. All they, they got one goal is to get the ball in the end zone. And there's another team that's opposing them, and they have one goal, and that's to not let them get the ball in the end zone. Church, that looks like you and the devil. You have one goal to become who God has called you to be. You have one goal to get where God has called you to go. You have one goal to do what God has called you to do. You have one goal and the enemy and dark forces and people that he's using are standing in front of you, resisting you and blocking you and tackling you to make sure you never get to where God is sending you. And their job is to stop you. They're paid to stop you. They have a position and it's to resist you. There are some people and their only assignment is to resist you. There are some people their only assignment is to stop you because the enemy is using them to stop you from being who you called to be. To bring resistance. To bring opposition. In church, when it happens, God's not going to come and remove it. He actually comes and uses it he's not gonna remove it he actually uses it because he knows the testing of your faith produces perseverance you can't persevere if you're not resisted so God uses the resistance to strengthen you and process you and prepare you for destiny and now you had this assignment and this call from God. You have this business. God said, hey, you're gonna lust this business. I don't have enough money. And now finances is resisting you as you're trying to walk and be obedient. I don't have enough support. Now support is resisting you as you're trying to go be obedient. There's not enough people that believe. Now a lack of faith is resisting you as you're trying to walk in obedience. And now you're trying to walk in what God has called you to walk in and there's resistance and God is allowing the resistance because he knows if you can ever break past that giant. Come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah. If you can ever break past that giant, God knows you are going to be released as new wine. You don't know what that means? Go listen to last week's sermon. And let me tell you about the defense, the defense that's against you. They... Don't fight fair. They don't fight fair. See, when I got in ministry, I thought it would be a fair fight. I'm down to fight y'all, I'll fight. I just didn't know that I was going to be fought against when I wasn't there. I'm down to fight. I didn't know that the fight was unfair. I didn't know that they can hit below the belt. I didn't know that they can lie in slander. So I'm down to fight, but nobody told me that the fight won't always be fair. My sister eight years older than me, and when I was a kid, we would fight like cats and dogs. We would fight like cats and dogs. And I mean, she would just beat me down. Yeah, I'm telling Kim, I'm telling everybody. I'm coming out. She would beat me down, but I got a little older. I remember I got around 12 years old. She would come and try to do her headlock, and this time I picked her up. I said, ha, ha, ha. I'm big now, I'm strong now. I was picking her up. And she was like, oh Lord, he didn't got big on me now. She's 17, 18. And I picked her up. And I said, we ain't going no more. Now I'm 12. I can hold my own. And I thought I had it. And I slammed her down on that couch and I was like, the champ is here. The champ is here. The champ is here. Are you ready to rumble? Do you smell it? What <laughs> <But> the rock <laughs> is cooking. Right? <laughs> you jabroni, you know, people's elbow. I was ready. So the next time she was talking, I said, let's go and jump straight into it. So she was talking. I said, what's up? Because I knew now I was strong enough to resist what was coming against me. So I remember I grabbed her and she grabbed me. Some of y'all are like, why are you fighting a girl? She was seven years older than me, okay? Just trying to watch TV. And I remember I grabbed her. And I was getting ready to slam her again, but my sister did not be all done. She grabbed my arm and she bit my arm and started shaking. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't prepared for that. And then the next time we fought, she bit my arm again. I said, that's a pit bull of a sister. I wasn't ready for that. Next time we fought, she bit my arm again. I said, I don't know what to do. She ain't fighting fair. I went to my mom. I said, Mom, Kim bit me. She keep biting me. Kim bit me. She keep biting me. My mama said, quit complaining to me, boy, and go bite her back. <laughs> Next time I grabbed her, she bit me. I grabbed her shoulder. Arr! Boy, I grabbed her shoulder, Arr! and I bit her back. She was, ah. And let me give you good news. Since that day, Kim ain't bit me since. Some of y'all in here talking about the devil keep biting me. The devil keep biting me. The devil keep biting me. It's time for you to get up and bite him back. It's time for you to get up and fight him back. It's time for you to fling back. back. If the devil keep biting you, bite him back. If the devil keep licking you, get your lick back. Devil, I'm getting my lick back. You abuse me, I'm getting my lick back. You came against me, I'm getting my leg back. You attack my family, I'm getting my leg back. The devil bit me, bite him back. I'm ratchet this morning, y'all. Bite him back. Life is just so tough. Be tougher. Just going through crushing. Become wine. There's giants everywhere. Kill them! Come on! They keep lying on me. Good. I'm just praying that God would remove it. Pray that God would strengthen you. Bite him back. But let me give you a scripture for y'all. Think I'm just up here acting up? The Bible says, "Resist the devil, and he will flee." Translation: Bite the devil and he will flee. I never forget. I watched this lion. You can probably YouTube it. He grabbed this zebra, baby. Lion been killing zebra all his life. That zebra ran up on that lion and she started. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That lion didn't know what happened. Was, ah. She started. She was jelly on that thing. She was that lion was that, that lion left that baby alone why she said you ain't getting my baby I'm gonna bite you back If God is coming after some of your families some of your spouses some of your kids you better start kicking and bite that devil back bite him back and my last point in closing and don't play the keyboard music yet. Because <laughs> I'm selling my dramatic mode. I'll signal you when I'm ready. Man of God. In life, the devil will taunt you. He will resist you. He will oppose you. And he will mock you to try to mock God. And if the devil can't take you out, he'll try to wear you out. Some of, y'all ain't, some of y'all ain't stopping, and some of y'all ain't being defeated by the devil, and because he can't take you out, he'll wear you out. Man, I never forget, I got an uncle named Glenn, I hope he ain't watching. Man, he about as stubborn as a man can get. You tell him no. He can, can I get five more dollars? No. Can for five more dollars? No. For, for five more dollars? No. For, for five more dollars? No. For, for five more. And he will keep knocking and knocking and persisting. He's stubborn. You cannot tell Uncle Glenn no. He will not stop. He's stubborn. He gonna get what he want, or he gonna get what he want, or he gonna get what he want. Those are your three choices. Just stubborn, Uncle Glenn. Just stubborn. Some of y'all are getting crushed by the devil because your faith ain't stubborn enough. If you're going to walk in destiny, you got to have stubborn faith. When the devil come against you, I'm going to still walk. When he lie on you, I'm going to still fight. When he come against your family, I'm going to still stand. When the prayer didn't get answered, I'm going to still pray. When I don't know where to go, I'm going to still go. When I only got one step to take, I'm a still step. I got stubborn faith. Some of y'all need some stubborn faith. Devil, I ain't quitting, I ain't tapping, and I ain't giving in. My faith is stubborn. In other words, there's three options. God's gonna do it, God's gonna do it, or God's gonna do it. God's gonna do it, God's gonna do it, or God's gonna do it. God's gonna do it, God's gonna do it, or God's gonna do it. That's plan A and a rebuke plan B. God's gonna do it. I got stubborn faith. I'm going to hang in there. If I'm just hanging by a thread, I'm going to hang in there. Because I trust God. David was stubborn. The Bible says Saul said you can't fight him. You just a kid. The Bible says David persisted. Saul, I can't fight him. I killed a lion. I killed a bear. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And sometimes you got to tell the enemy when he tries to stop your destiny about your victories in your history. Sometimes you got to tell the enemy when he tries to stop your destiny about your victories in your history. You can't be a woman of God. I beat cancer. You can't go. I beat depression. I beat backbiters, betrayers, and liars. I ain't finna stop now. God's not done with me yet. I got stubborn faith. Stubborn faith. The enemy will attack. And I'm going to tell you, when he attacks, he does one of the craziest things to rip your faith. He does what he did through Goliath. Here's what Goliath does. Here's what the devil does. When you're about to fight the giant, fight the enemy, fight the porn, fight the depression, fight the lust, fight the guilt, fight the shame, fight the worry. What the devil does is he does what you should actually do. And he celebrates in advance. Goliath was beaten on his chest, screaming and celebrating as if he already won. And what happens is when the enemy celebrates, it sends such a shockwave of fear. And one of the, taxes of the tactics of the enemy is to celebrate before the fight. Because when you're watching the devil celebrate, you're like, he must know something I don't know. Why he celebrating? When you watch your enemy celebrate, you're like, what they know I don't know. Maybe I don't need to fight. And it is designed to cripple you with fear. Translation. When you're in battle and being resisted by the enemy, he will always put his band on your field. He will always put his band on your field. Let me explain it. There's this football game that's going on. And right now this team is trying to win and they're trying to score and they couldn't. So they threw the ball back. The devil came against them. They threw it back again. There's resistance. They threw it back again. They're trying to figure out how to succeed. Oh, there's the enemy. They threw the ball back again. And now this guy's running. He threw the ball back again. The devil, oh, but then they got the band on the field. Devil, get your band off my field. The game ain't over yet. Get your band off my field. And one of the attacks of the devil, right in the middle of battle, he wants to bring his band on your field. And they start sounding trumpets like they want. But God said, throw that thing back because the next person's going to pick up the ball and keep running towards the end zone. Devil, get your band off my feet. The game ain't over yet. God's not done yet. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. I'm telling you, if there's time on the clock, God's not done yet. Even if there's not time on the clock, he is the author of time, which means he can put time back on the clock. You don't believe me? Ask Lazarus. Lazarus was dead for not three days. He was dead for four days. They said, Jesus, had you been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Jesus said, I'm here now. They said, it's too late. Not when you're the father of time. And Jesus, he put time back on the clock. I don't care how many battles you lost. God, now you can play. We'll put time back on your clock, let's give them a shout of praise. Everyone stand to your feet. I am a Bible teacher, church, but I just had to preach today. God will put time on your clock it is not too late the battle's not over yet God's not done yet because those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up on wings like an eagle and soar. they shall walk and not grow weary they shall run and not faint that's what happens when you wait Mary and Martha all you had to do was wait criticizing our God just wait I know he's not there when you want him to be there just wait I know the pain still persists and you want it to be gone just wait I know you feel like you don't have the victory just wait you don't have the resources for the business just wait your kids aren't running after God yet just wait you're not who you want to be yet just wait the ministry didn't get started yet just wait it didn't take off yet just wait and the promise is you will mount up on wings like an eagle in other words God said Before I can take you to a new level, I have to first that you be resisted on this level. The steps of the righteous is ordered by the Lord. That's not just forward motion, that's upward motion. God is taking you to greater heights. You are going to mount up on wings. What is wings symbolic of? The wings are symbolic to say, you're not even going to have to work. That, That if you're on wings, it's like being on a plane, you're on wings. Something else is about to carry you to a higher altitude. God is saying, I'm going to carry you to a higher altitude. And the reason why I'm taking you upward is because there are some things in your life that can't breathe that high. A pilot, he was on the plane and there was a rat playing with his foot. He couldn't kill the rat because he was flying the plane. And the co-pilot was like, what are we going to do? Just keep going higher. Because we will get to an altitude where that rat can no longer breathe. And if you're dealing with haters and betrayers and backbiters and enemies and scorpions and snakes and rats nibbling on your feet, God said, I'm going to keep elevating you. And eventually you will get to a height that the rats can't bite and the snakes can't sting. Because if an eagle is that top flight, yes, if, anything, if he sees anything else, he knows it's another eagle. Because can't nothing else fly this high. And I'm telling you, God's gonna take you to a place that when you look around, it'll just be other eagles, other believers, other intercessors, other prayer warriors, other mighty men and women of God. God says, some things you just gotta outfly. There are some things you just gotta outlast. Some people, you just gotta outclass. I feel like preaching this morning.
0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by well.
1: And he wants to still kill and destroy everything that God
0: is doing in your life. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If you would like to know more about Radiant Church, text connect to 903-201-0606. Also, be sure to share this podcast with your family and friends. We love you, be blessed, and we'll see you next time.